Hey. Yeah, no, I, I just got to the... Well, I just got here. So I'm going to get started. He's going to be here before we even know it. And I just need to get warmed up and kind of, I guess, give people a rundown of what's going to be happening. Yeah, no, I'll, I'm going to be right in there and recording in no time. Okay. Okay, I'll talk to you soon. This week on the Thirsty Witches Society, we're going to be talking about, well, I guess how bad of a driver I guess I've been through the years, or what a vortex for crazy shit I've been. I guess it's up to you. I mean, there's been a variety of just crazy events, and the Crypt Keeper likes to go over some of those. We're also going to be talking about Santa, Christmas, and a variety of things. So, this first part is gonna be a little bit interesting but we're gonna leave you with some laughs and I hope you enjoy this as much as I did. Walked on in and uh, 
took care of the, the kids. That scared me half to death a couple times, but uh, big old Santa, he was a kick. Well, what's kind of crazy is, you know, he would come into the house and he would like sneak upstairs or he would, you know, come into a part of the house where we wouldn't normally be at. And then all of a sudden you would just hear through the whole house, ho, 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 ho. And I mean, just the most authentic Santa Claus noise that I've ever heard. And, uh, you know, as a kid, you're just like, this is amazing. And so then, you know, we would go through everything and we would sit on Santa's lap, tell him what we wanted. And I don't think I was ever really afraid of him. But my sister actually scared the crap out of Santa one year with a, what, I think it was a rat in her pocket or something. Yes, that was. And so, who Santa actually was, was um, one of my dad's co-workers, and he was in the post office. And we knew him as Bubba, but my dad also calls him Bear, right? Right. Yeah? Yeah. And, I mean, most authentic-looking Santa, rosy cheeks and everything, and... He pulled it off well. I mean, he did it for so many years. I really believe Santa was real. And then they had this whole thing about talking about how you were an elf and that your name was Peter and that you were Peter the elf. And so I believe for the longest time you were an elf, told people all about it. Sound like a little crazy child, even probably more so than I normally would since I'm, you know, probably talking about dead people as well. And then the next breath, my, my dad's an elf. <laughs> uh, yes, that was... Uh... <laughs> That was a little bit different. Um, yeah, we uh, actually, um, we, you know, worked at the post office and uh, I was a manager there. And uh, every Christmas, uh, we would actually, he would dress up in his uh, outfit and um, we would give him a, a, a helper and he would be delivering packages to uh, people. And uh, it was, really something that was really neat because of the fact that he, uh, when the kids would see him coming, uh, and he just had that, that big ho, 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 you know, and, and uh, it was, uh, he, he was uh, a, a real Santa, and uh, we didn't know when he was going to show up uh, at the house uh, for the kids. And um, we had a two-story house, and, and I'll never forget uh, one of my incidences with him. Uh, he, he was a very large person. I mean, he... Well, he let's, fit... let's clarify that he's still alive, because we talk about like him as like he's passed, like he's passed but he actually has had, a, um, he had an accident recently, and he had broke his leg. So we all just want to also send him some happy healing vibes and prayers and energy but he is still alive let's just point that he, out he is still alive <laughs> and uh yeah he that's for darn sure he's in the hospital but he's getting along pretty good we um what had happened is uh we had a two-story um house and uh we had a large uh, family room upstairs and uh we had a wood stove in there and everything and uh a big widescreen TV and that's where we all used to go up there and kick back and relax. Well, I uh, was laying on the, the floor watching TV and I had um, the wood stove going and uh, all of a sudden, I mean, I, I guess I just fell asleep 
all of a sudden I hear this ho 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 and I, my eyes I opened up real quick and he was standing above me and I, I thought I was going to have a heart attack. I didn't know if I was dreaming or if, if he was actually there and uh, but he was actually there and uh, it was it was quite the uh, quite the thing and he uh, had his bells with him and he would rattle his bells and where are the kids at? Ho, ho, ho. And uh, everybody looked forward to uh, to him uh, coming and in, in, uh, enjoying what he would talk to the kids about and everything. And they, like I said, they all really loved him. Uh, uh, the only one, like she said, uh, he, he did not like small animals like rats. And now, my daughters did have a uh, rat in her pocket and uh, she he came up behind her and he gave her a big hug and she kept saying no 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 and he wasn't sure exactly what happened she says you're gonna smash my rat and he said what she said my rat you're gonna smash him and his eyes got like two croquet balls and um, she reached in her pocket there and she pulled the rat out and I've never seen anybody turn white so fast. Uh, old Santa almost had a heart attack that one. We almost uh, all did him in. But that was one of those things that he will never forget and none of us will actually. No, I mean that was, uh, that was one that I don't think I was like cognizant. <laughs> for because I was so small but I've always heard that story and thought it was just pretty awesome because I mean I don't know it's not very often that you have a kid scare the crap out of Santa uh, that's for sure and especially a large man like that Santa very large and uh, one of the things that uh, as the kids got older um, my son uh, was the he's the oldest of the kids um, he was sitting on his uh, on his uh, knee one at one Christmas and uh, he looked at Santa and he looked down at his hands and he looked up and he said you know what Santa and he Santa said well what and he says my uh, uh, a friend of ours has a ring just like you have on your finger there <laughs> and he didn't know what to say at that point and to be honest with you, I'm not sure how he got out of it, but he did. But he, you know, my son just kept saying, well, are you really Santa? Or are you a friend of Dad's? And he said, I'm both. And uh, we kind of ended it there. But uh, it, it was really a kick to have your own Santa for the kids. Well, and was that how it came into you being an elf then? I'm, I'm not sure exactly whose idea that was. Uh, there was a lot of input, it seemed like. And uh, for some reason, I I ended up being the elf. So, I really do like, though, how aware he was, though, to kind of notice that, you know, you got the same ring. Yeah, yeah. And uh, it was just kind of like one of those things that... Uh, he, he was uh, very inquisitive about that ring, you know, and uh, Santa found a way out of it, but um, I'm not sure exactly how he did or if 
my son actually uh, fell for it, but they they played along. So I remember one Christmas that um, actually I, I got a couple Christmas memories. One of them is you know my sister's five years older than me, and I'm like the bratty little sister. And you had some very interesting ways of being able to teach us lesson. And I remember the get along shirt. Do you remember the get along shirt? I can't recall that right now. You would put a, one of your t-shirts on this, one of your white t-shirts, and you would stretch out the neck on it enough, and we would have to both be in there, almost like a um, potato bag race type thing. Right. And so we had to like have your arm around the other person, even though you hated them. And it's like anything that was happening inside the shirt, like the other person couldn't really see, so they'd be like pinching you or like elbowing you and stuff. And so I remember that was like one year that you put the get along shirt together. And then the other one that I remember is mom going to Portland, because we had lived in Tillamook at the time on Christmas Eve, wanting to, uh, you know, do some Christmas shopping and stuff. Once again, me and Annie being brats, we were leaving Costco and she was like, if you don't behave, we're never going to get home tonight. And, you know, famous last words. So we're driving home, she ends up hitting black guys, rolls her caravan like three times, embankment off embankment. We end up landing on the roof. And um, I think I was like knocked out during this because I don't remember anything of the car accident. I just remember like them trying to get me out of it and everything. I remember mom getting out and Annie getting out and her um, not actually having shoes and because she took her shoes off and now she's like paranoid to not wear shoes in a car um but you know then having you know that be the christmas eve that mom really did make it happen we didn't get Uh, home that night (laughs) well yeah that was that was a scary moment uh we uh like i said we we lived in tillamook and uh there's not much there as far as uh, you know stores and things for gifts so what we did uh, we would have to go over highway six highway six is uh, would take you from Tillamook over the hills and uh, into uh, the, the valley well what um, that uh, that road is very treacherous uh, it's just two lanes and uh, Katie barred the door you know Anyhow, I, uh, I was at work and I, uh, I got a call and, uh, from the, um, uh, the wrecking company in town and the, also uh, from the, uh, uh, the uh, uh, MTs and they said, well, do you own a, a silver um, van? And I said, uh, yeah, I do. And he said, um, do you have a wife and a couple kids? I said, yeah, I do. And I, I said, well, what's up? And he said, well, there's been an accident. And um, I said, well, has anybody hurt? And he said, we don't know. We're on our way out there now. Um, he said, it's on Mao Post 13. And I thought, 13, well, that's good. Um, so anyhow, I jumped in the car and took off up there, and and they were on uh, yeah 13 miles up, 
and uh, I turned a corner up there and there was the, uh, all I saw was the van laying on its roof and I don't think there was any part of that van that was not dented. Um, luckily enough, everybody was okay. The kids, I guess, got hit with packages and everything from the shopping thing. I got hit with but, the beer uh, making machine. Yeah. And I, I think that's probably why you still hold on to it all these years later is because you feel bad. I, I did, <laughs> you know. But it, uh, it was bad, but in a way it was, uh, the luck was on our side also. She hit, she hit the, the black eyes, hit the uh, side of the uh, uh, embankment uh, so hard that the front license plate was embedded in there. She shot across the, the road again and hit a little more of an embankment that kind of flipped it at that point. Uh, if she wouldn't have hit that embankment at that right spot, she would have went down the hill into the river, uh, the Wilson River. So um, it was bad, but you know, it could have been a lot worse. And, uh, and we learned a, a lot about the um, those uh, small towns, how they uh, the word gets around. Uh, like I said, I was fairly new down there. I um, The next morning I went to pick up some things at the hardware store. I walked in and people were coming up to me saying, hey, I I'm sorry to hear about your family and, and the accident last night. And people were just coming up to me and saying, you know, hey, I'm so sorry and everything. And I thought, well, how in the world did they all know about this? It happened late at night and here it was early the next morning and everybody knew about it. And uh, I talked to my manager and he said, uh, well, everybody has uh, CBs, and they all keep in contact with every everybody else, and that's how the word gets around that small town. So that was uh, quite the lesson. But um, it um, that uh, at mile post 13 was uh, when I went to look at the van that day. They said, "Oh, uh, mile post 13." Uh, they're all parked out there on the one side. I said, well, there was more than one? Yeah, oh yeah. Yeah, when it black ice, uh, that's kind of like, we ex we kind of expect accidents out there. So I thought, well, now I learned something new. But uh, it, it was scary, but it could have been a lot worse. So I was just looking through some different stuff, and I was reading about some unique and quirky Italian Christmas traditions you should know about. So I was going to run through some of these and see uh, if you had any of these from your childhood that you remember. Sure. All right. So a month of festivities. Do they do a month of festivities for Christmas normally? Uh, depending, the, the true Italians in Italy... They, um, they still do, but if, um, you know, being in America, a, a lot of the traditions uh, were kind of faded on out. So it says that in Italy, on December 8th, is when many Italian homes and towns first put their decorations up, and that they're up until January 6th, when the three wise men arrive in Bethlehem. 
something which is reenacted by horsemen in Rome's Piazza Novaia. And then the second one is bagpipes and bingo. Uh, that I'm not really familiar with. So I've never really heard about it. It says in southern Italy and Rome, bagpipe playing shepherds or zampanari perform tunes in piazzas normally dressed in traditional sheepskin and wool cloaks. The, the pipers usually travel in pairs down from the mountain homes and it is quite a spectacle. And across the country, through particular, it is very common to play tabola, an Italian game similar to bingo, throughout the winter holiday. Well, again, you know, uh, in Italy, they're still following a lot of the traditions. Uh, and parts of uh, the United States still do. I, I belong to a, uh, a club that's um, it's an Italian club. Uh, actually, I belong to a couple of them. But they, um, uh, they, have, they still have areas like in New York, New Jersey, and that area where the, they, uh, the, the old style was the Italians would have one part of the town where it was just like Little Italy. Um, the Irish would have theirs. The different nationalities would have their uh, little sections of towns. And uh, so they, uh, yeah, they're, they're still, you know, in some areas, they, they still celebrate and do a lot of celebrations. So the other thing is, is so they don't have your usual nativity scene. So they do, it says um, that they have a painstakingly accurate and almost grotesque at times dis depicting the entire town in Bethlehem and some of the details are painstaking and that they would use these like natural minuscule versions of carved nuts and all sorts of materials and even pasta to make these. But they would have like almost every person that could be a part of this tradition. So they have people with like bagpipes, and they have it looks like prostitutes and hookers, and uh, a homeless dude, and maybe a king. I I'm not really aware of that e either. I know it's, this it's, is like it's it's quirky, right? It but is. Plenty of food. We're we're on that one. That's one thing you can always count on. Uh, I remember um, my family, uh, they would say, well, we're going to have a little dinner tonight. We you know, invited uh, some of their friends over and uh, people would walk in and they'd go, how many, is there going to be a banquet here or what? Um, food was just, uh, I mean, there was just so much of it. It's just, they cook and, and uh, get everything together and... Uh, make cookies and uh, you always have to have your spaghetti and meatballs and your gravy and it had gravy well we don't call it gravy we call it uh, sauce yeah that's a little touchy subject on a lot of people but if it's not but thick like a gravy true you don't yeah, want that watery sauce no not the watery sauce so that's why I always call it a gravy if I'm like if you're like hey you gonna make your sauce I'll be like oh you want the like gravy because there's some people that go and they don't I think put in the paste or something so it's just never very thick and it's like you have the noodles in there and it's like it's almost like a pasta soup well it is and uh, they lose a lot of the, the 
flavor in it because um, you know a lot of the um, the, the uh, Italians when they cook they use a lot of different flavorings the oregano uh, the different things that really um, bring out the, uh, the real taste in the Italian um, traditions uh, I know that um, we used to have uh, one of the traditions with my family um, would be that they would uh, cook smelts. Um, uh, there are there's different types of smelts, um, but they used to go down to the Italian store and get a big load of it there, and they would um, just cook them up, fry them up, and boy, they were delicious. And I'm not a fish person per se. Yeah. But that I always look forward to that. That was for sure. So we're going to have to make some smelts one of these times? We'll, we'll do it. We'll do it. <laughs> we'll give it a try? We'll give it a try. All right. So <clears throat> next one is Lucky 13. So one part of Christmas traditions for most Italians is that they are given an extra month's wage. Wow. Yeah. So they call it Lucky 13 because basically on the 12th month, you get a 13th extra month of pay. And then the very last one is Bifana. Did I say that correctly or have you heard that? B-E-F-A-N-A? No, I haven't. Okay, so it says, although nowadays many children receive presents from Father Christmas on Christmas Eve, a uniquely Italian tradition is that of La Bifana, the old woman who brings gifts on Epiphany Eve legend has it that the three wise men came to her house and invited her to join the search for Christ. She was too busy with housework, so she declined, but later changed her mind and to this day is still searching for the child, leaving presents for any good children she comes across. Wow. No, I, I wasn't aware of that. I like, though, that she declined because she had some housework that she needed to do. Well, you know... You, True you gotta, Italian. That's it. That's it. You've got to... Uh... You know, gotta go with it. So, traditions we have the gloves. We cook gloves. gloves. And you originally did that with your parents. Your dad had made a very special tool that we still use every year when we make them. Right. It's a uh, gloves is a, um, it's a, well, it's like for dessert. Okay. It's called gloves, but what they are is, um, more of a, a, a real uh, cookie that has basically uh, flour on it and uh, a lot of times with the anisette uh, in, inside of it which is or sambuca pretty much the same thing but uh, yeah that's our tradition and uh, we we uh, we still do it so this is la so, doesn't that kind of look similar to the little witch that's in the like in the kitchen that hangs? In yeah, the my kitchen kitchen witch. So I bet you anything. That could be where that yeah. came from. I bet you anything. That's probably what it is. Is because I mean the facial features and stuff. I mean that's a that's a very unique little facial feature that that witch has in the kitchen, and this looks pretty identical. Yeah, it does. It really does. I... That I've, first time I've seen this. Yeah. And that witch in the kitchen is, I, I bought that, geez, I don't know how many years ago. 
and it's gone different houses with us. I love that. That's like one of the things that I have always um, smiled whenever I came home and saw because I remember also being a kid, being in timeout, and just really taking in all of the things around where I was put into timeout. And I remember just looking at that thing with total detail, counting the stitching and all of that stuff. And you know, I spent a lot of time in timeout. Uh, yes, you did. And I mean, I felt I, we were going for a record there for a while. Well, and <laughs> I I know we've talked about this before about how you guys had to move me out of like uh, where the China Hut was because I was eating all the salt out of the salt shakers. We did. Yeah. We had a we had to kind of try to think ahead. Okay, if we put her over here, which what, what can she get into? You were going to get into something, but we wanted to narrow it down where at least we had uh, something to look out for. Well, and it's funny because I would sit there and think about what I did, and then I would think about, hmm, okay, well, nothing's going to change. I already did it, so I'm going to sit here. And it's like, you know, it didn't take me very long to realize that I did something wrong and why I did it wrong. But it didn't really change the future. Like, just being super stubborn and tenacious and just going full force ahead. I also remember, you know, you uh, letting me burn my hand one time because I thought I was faster than the burner. And after I tried to convince you multiple times that I was, you finally let me try it. And it was because it was, you know, you explained now as an adult that it was like a controlled environment. You would rather me do it in front of you to where you can bandage me up, take care of me, instead of you leaving the room, me going for it, and then, you know, having my hand stuck on the burner or whatever. And I've always thought that was kind of one of the best things about my childhood was like, you know, if we came to you with, you know something we wanted to do and even though you knew it wasn't something you know and we were just stubborn and stubborn and stubborn you knew we were going to do it so you turned your back oh yeah yeah there was there was no doubt in my mind that you weren't aching us on by any means <clears throat> no but um uh, all three of you um i think took after your mother's stubbornness because i sure didn't have any oh no you're not stubborn at all no you also no. you know just don't have any of that uh you know, strong willpower to just plow through things and make it happen. Uh, well, you're like that. That I do have. Uh, I can, I can see a little bit of that. Yeah, yeah, just a little, just a little. Well, and it is kind of funny to think about, I guess, what traits we maybe got from each parent, because I think I look a lot more like you than I look like her, and especially because now as I have the same glass frames that you had when you were younger and I think it's just the facial features but I have a lot of her mannerisms and stuff but I do talk with my hands like a crazy person like I mean you're sitting here not having an issue and I'm like you know I'm waiting for you to flap your arms and take off here I, it could happen if I really did have wings I mean with how much I do with my hands nothing like, would surprise me well and it's like now I can't even stop I'm doing it more like That's it's right it's like I'm focused on it we pointed it out and you took care of it I know here I am well, I, I do <laughs> have to say though I've, I've been blessed with uh, with, a, with a great family um, and, uh, four amazing uh, kids. Four amazing kids, I'm telling you. And uh, you all had your own uh, uh, different 
different uh, mannerisms, you know. Uh, but when the phone would ring, I could just about, I, before I pick it up, I'd say, okay, who was it and how bad? Yeah. And uh, uh, I'll never forget the um, a little thing that happened. I was out on, uh, on a rural route. I was doing a test on it. And I got a call on my cell phone and uh, that uh, the school actually was calling up the high school. Oh, this um, is me. Wanted, huh? to, wanted to know if um, uh, Antoinette, uh, what, she was my daughter. And I said, yes. I said, there's something wrong. And she said, well, kind of. And I said, well, you know, kind of what? And I said, well, she hit a, a school bus. And it's funny that you talk about this, like, today, because I was literally talking to the son yesterday about it. Oh. And uh, it was hilarious, because I was like, yeah, I remember when Dad got there, he was like, looking at the car, he's like, how the hell did you do this? I'm like, you know the rye chips and Chex Mix? And you looked at me like, you dumb, dumb kid. Well, I, I tell you, I, I said, do you realize how big that bus is? And it's painted bright yellow. Do we, uh, how do we explain this to, uh, um, you know, how did you, how did you manage this? I mean, it's unbelievable. And uh, you rear-ended it, and uh, at the time you, uh, I had, you, the car you had was a laser. Yep. And I don't know what possessed me to get you that car. I had a turbo in it and everything, and I thought, good Lord, I should get something that she has to pedal around. And instead, I buy this one, and it's low slung. And uh, actually, part of the uh, the front end went under the bus. Yeah, it did. I and, just wedged myself. Yeah, that's, you did. That's and, then they, did. and then they couldn't get me out. Like, I mean, there was just so much hood in front of my car that was, like, under the bus. Yeah. And I think I was, like, the third person to, like, leave school that day. And I remember, like, there was one or two... There, I think there was, like, two buses in front of me, and then it was me. So I backed up everybody. Oh, yeah. And we only have, like, a cement divider on each side so there's no way for people to come in and out and it's like school just let out like I screwed over everybody and so everybody knew because you know we're all standing in a line trying to leave and then you know have all the school buses and you have you know people getting off the buses and stuff and I'm just sitting there being like I really wanted that ride chip didn't I like this is so stupid (laughs) <laughs> yeah, well, I, you know, you have, um, you know, you have had some weird stuff happen, and I, uh, I'll never forget the, uh, the incident with the cat. Oh my gosh, the kitty, that was like, I think that was the very first one, too, was the kitty. Uh, I, it was, it was right up there. I yeah, mean, that's... I mean, I had, I had the kitty, I had the school bus. 
I had the deer that ran into me. It ran into me. Sure. It did. It oh, did. Oh, no. I, I, I didn't hit it. It, it. The damage was on the tire. Right. He ran into the rim in the tire. He knocked himself out. Yeah. And then, uh, yeah, I can tell you believe that one. <laughs> yeah, 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 he knocked himself out. And then the turkeys. Well, that's like, you know, you're telling me he, that deer tried to commit suicide. He, he uh, did. And I, you know, all I could do was shake my head and say, sure. Well, sure. But I, the cat, the cat one, you still have to explain that one. But I mean, the cat one, okay, so that same car, super fast, and then I'm not going that fast, like, but it has that, you know, sloped front end, super aerodynamic, and the car in front of me hits a cat, and I'm going down this road that actually doesn't have a speed limit, it's whatever you feel is safe. So, I mean, people barrel down the road and stuff. Um, and so I'm probably going like 50, 55. And the car in front of me is probably doing the similar. But they have, you know, a little bit of distance between me and them. Not a ton, obviously, by what I'm about to tell has happened. And uh, they end up hitting somebody's cat. And they just keep on going. And I don't realize that they hit somebody's cat until the cat lands on my slash windshield of my car and I'm 16 new driver female like weigh what like 90 pounds at the time yeah not super street smart grew up in a small town super naive don't know what to do so I try to turn on my windshield wipers of course that doesn't work um, it's hard to have a windshield wiper trying to work when there's a cat stuck on it. And the cat is obviously not in good shape. It had just got hit, flung up onto my car, and is, you know, sitting there screaming and, you know, bloody, and I just don't know what to do. I'm freaked out. I don't like death. I don't want to touch it. I don't even know what to do. I'm not going to drive home. I don't know what to do. So I get on the freeway and drive to the next town, which happens to be, um, you know, Grants Pass, because we live in Merlin. And what is it, like 11 miles or something like that? Right. Um, so I drive 11 miles on the freeway with this cat on the front of my car. And I progressively am getting, like, more shooken up by it and everything. And so I get off the freeway, and I'm calling, you know, my dad the whole time, trying to get a hold of him. But I think you were in a meeting or something, so I had to leave a message, and you were going to call me back. So me being as street smart as I am at this point, I go to a U-wash, car wash type thing, where you can either wash your car or have someone wash it for you type thing. So I come in there and I'm like yelling, I'm like, I need help, I need help. And this guy comes over, I'm like, can you wash my car? And he's like looking at me like, uh, okay, yeah, just a minute. Like, I don't see why it's so urgent. And so as he walks over, he sees this white cat on the hood of my car. And because I took the freeway, there's a fair bit of blood all over the top of my car, the windshield, the hood, everything. I don't know what to do. And I'm crying, I'm freaking out. And right about that time is when I think you end up getting my message and I've already told you where I'm going to be at and it's right down the street from your office so you head over and you see this poor guy pulling a cat off my car and I'm crying and he's looking at the tag so we can let the owner know and everything and I mean I don't think anyone ever expected anything like that to happen 
Well, <clears throat> wasn't there the, the two kids that, uh, that worked there were flipping a coin to see? Oh yeah, who, who had to do it? Who had to do it? Uh, and uh, I guess one of them uh, got got to hold the bag while the other one tried to dislodge the uh, the cat from your windshield. Yeah, because uh, I mean, I I I feel so bad. Rest in peace, Kitty. I didn't mean to do it on purpose. I just didn't know what to do and I thought you may attack me or that maybe you were possessed and that that's why you landed on my car. I don't know. Like, I was freaked out. I've never, still to this day, had anything like that one happen. And, you know, we already said the school bus. And then, um, driving home from track one day, this is after I got my tongue pierced, so you actually weren't talking to me. Um, at that time because you were pissed off that I got my tongue pierced and I did it just to piss you off because, you know, who I am. And uh, going down the road and all of a sudden, deer just runs into the side of my car. And he doesn't run into my car, he runs into like my rim and my tire and because obviously such an amazing driver before this point, this is my second car which was a sunbird, and so he ended up getting me a car that he thought that, you know, I wouldn't be able to go too fast in, um, but he didn't wreck it on that one. What did end up wrecking that car was, uh, me not putting fluids in it. Yeah, that, um, it does need a certain amount of fluids. Well, and I mean, you always ask me if I checked all of the fluids and things like that, and I thought I was checking the transmission fluid, and I was actually checking the windshield wiper fluid, and I think I just, I thought I was doing solid, and we didn't realize until the car stopped working that I was not as solid as I thought. Well, that was my fault. I should have Knowing you, I should have followed up, but I didn't. And uh, you well, we trusted. Paid the price. I did. I did. I, I thought you knew what that meant. Uh, checking the, all the fluids. I mean, I checked. Uh, I checked that windshield wiper fluid. Yeah, I should kept that one up. But I mean, I also do. I did change my oil in that car and all my cars. Like, you did. I know how to do that, and I know how to like change a tire seat. I mean, you you trained me well, but I was also 16 and just super ditzy. Well, I, I, I've got to say that um, one of the scariest, I guess, moments was when uh, I tried to teach you how to drive a stick. <laughs> and that poor guy at the oh, dealership that tried oh to my, teach me too. My God, that was something else. Uh, we were looking for an, uh, a car. <laughs> Another car. Another car. Oh, She's man. going through them, let me tell you. I go through go I, through things at a rapid rate, apparently. Well, we go to this dealership, and um, she liked, she found this car that she really liked. And the problem was it was a stick. And uh, she is not used to driving a stick. Uh, all the other ones have been automatics. So we're well, talking to the guy. And you did try to teach me to drive the Ford as yeah. a stick, but because it doesn't have automatic steering and because I weigh like 90 pounds, I couldn't turn the wheel or like do the floor gear yeah. shift. Like every time I'm like full body weight and you're like, yeah, we can't even get around the corner to get down the hill. It's, it's a 55 Ford flatbed. And uh, I tried to teach all of the kids um, how to drive 
with that because if they could drive with that, um, they could drive anything. Or at least that's what the, I thought. That was the theory of it. But anyhow, we go into this uh, car lot down there in, uh, in Medford. Oh no, this was in Portland. Oh, okay, you're right. Because it was like, because I'm like, I don't know if I should be trying to learn how to drive a stick in heavy traffic out here. And the guy was just like, no, you'll do great. Well, he said, I have taught people to drive sticks for years. And so I could teach her how to, how to drive. And I'm thinking, man, you don't know what you got yourself into, buddy. But anyhow, so, uh, oh, come on, uh, uh, get in the car and we'll go for a, a quick spin. Well, that was, uh, I have never seen a person turn solid white. Uh, this guy was hanging on to everything that he could grab, you know. And, and uh, I, I think that um, he felt that the, by the time we were done, that car would be ready for the, uh, you know, the junkyard. But anyhow, uh, he says, well, you know what? Probably not a real good idea to teach you in traffic here. So we're going to go up to this church. And uh, it was during the week, so nobody was there. It had a huge parking lot. And uh, he said, well, now, now, you know, there's nothing you can really hit up here. Well, that's famous words. Uh, he, I, I'll tell you, I was sitting in the back seat, and I was, I was laughing so hard. I, I, it was hard to, my, my eyes were watering. So anyhow, he said, well, I think after, a, you know, quite a few minutes, he says, I think we better go back to the dealership. And, uh, and so she said, okay. So she whips out of the, the car lot, or out of the uh, church parking lot, and we're on our way to try to beat something before it got to the dealership but anyhow she comes in she she turns into the driveway and you know that driveway in third gear in third gear right third gear you're pulling in the driveway and those driveways are pretty wide uh you know i mean you could you know you can get quite a few cars coming at the same time but not in this case. I'm literally she, crying because I'm laughing so oh, hard. She's laughing, I'm laughing, and this guy is turned white. And he, as she pulls in that lot in, in third gear, and I think she was, I don't know. I killed it as I parked it. <laughs> killed it as you parked it, but we didn't, by the time we got to park it, he was just, he, she ran over something that bent the rim and the, um, the hubcap assembly like there. I think it was like the fire cement barrier. Yes, it was just this big cement barrier. I, I can see how she missed it. But um, she, she, and he kept saying, well, that's okay. We'll, we'll park it right here. We don't want to go in between a couple more cars, you know. So uh, she's stalled it right there <laughs> and um, he said well I think uh, maybe we 
She looked for an automatic for you. Well, no, I think he said something about, well, I think we should go get that paperwork signed or something like that. And you're like, yeah, I don't think that's going to happen. I think we need an automatic. And he agreed. He agreed. He agreed. <laughs> I, I'll tell you, I, I, I don't think <sighs> that he um, knew what was in store for him. Otherwise, he probably wouldn't have done it. But but it, it did bring some chuckles to us. Uh, to him, uh, not quite. I, like, I still, like, I can't even, like, fully breathe right now because I've been laughing for, like, four minutes straight by that story. <laughs> So it's going to be a two-parter. So stay tuned on the next episode of Southern Oregon hosts TWS, the Thirsty Witches Society, because we relocated temporarily. And, well, the Crypt Keeper and I are going to be uh, telling some of these stories that hopefully will make you laugh as much as it's made me.